It could be any one of them. But which one? Which ones? Pretty geeky what happened to me on that ladder. You mean, where there's geeks, there could be geek devotions? But wait, it happened at C. C? C for Cellcast. Yet, that diverse shark on my leg was toppling the bat patriarchy. <gasps> Stunning and brave! Oh, the thought strikes me. So dreadful, I scarcely dare give it utterance. The three of them, their forces combined, reviewing my movie. Holy nightmare! No time to horse around on this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, crew, distinctions, scanning for Batman, the movie, 1966. Prepare to rewind in three... Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the Master Bat Interrupter Powers. Holy team up. I'm glad we have our super friends with us on this one. (laughs) We do indeed. For this discussion of the film Batman the Movie, we welcome back aboard a great crew complement of culture boxers. We have ship's historian Drew Dodgen from the Cellcast. Welcome, Drew. Howdy, howdy. Howdy. We have clergy officer Dallas Mora from Geek Devotions. What's going on, yo? What's going on, Dallas? And we have entertainment officer Nate Henderson from the Stay and Brave podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hello. Thanks for bean hat that's not what i want to say <laughs> nope this got awkward this fits perfectly for the stunning and brave podcast oh my god it does actually anyway shout out <laughs> yeah yeah no problem now that you have a quick flyby of who we are flubs and all paul can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for batman the movie all right, Batman was released in 1989, and it stars Michael Keaton, and it was directed by Tim um, Burton. The movie made a bunch of money, and uh, yeah. So I didn't look up the specs for it, but do you, if you need more details, I can. So, no, no, I want all the details because apparently you want to do the wrong Batman movie again. You said How about the Batman movie. That's no, no, Batman. Batman, the movie, not just Batman. Like, the movie is part of the title. Oh, From 1966? Like, oh, 66. Oh, I need to say so. Yes. All right. That you know, one was released era? July 30th of 1966. It runs an hour and 45 minutes. It is rated PG. Weird. I have all the technicals for that one. It was directed by Leslie H. Martinson. It was written by Lorenzo Semple Jr. and William Dozier with characters created by Bob Kane and uh, a couple other people. And uh, with lead stars being Adam West, Burt Ward, Lee Merriweather, and a few others you may and may not recognize. The music was composed by Nelson Riddle. And are you ready? <laughs> Sorry. Riddler, the, the Riddle. Are the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, that got me. Okay, you ready for the box office trivia? I'm ready. Drew, Nate, and Dallas, are you guys ready? Yep. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyone watching live, feel free to join in as well. Go for it, Paul. Okay. Batman the Movie 1966 was made for about $1.5 million and earned about $4 million at the hmm. box office. 
Given this and the fact that it was released theatrically in 1966, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the movies released in 1966? And because it's 66, we'll go with the top 66. Uh, 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 Drew, what's your guess? I'm going to go with five. Five? Dallas? Oh, this is the middle of Batmania, so I want to go ten. Ten. Mm. How about you, Nate? I'll trail. I'll go uh, eleven, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) One dollar. One dollar. I'm going to go a fifty. And let's see. And Dale guesses fifteen. Neko guesses eight. All right. So you guys are giving this a lot of credit. But let's see who's right. All right. Go for it. Paul. Well, according to the ultimate movie rankings.com, and it's hard to uh, come up with these, uh, these box office stuff before 1980. Sure. Uh, according to them, it is number 60. So oh. the captain wins. Well, I Result- mean, when, when you have the, the keen bat instincts that I have, yeah, I mean, that's just goes without saying. Oh, and actually, did guess 48. So not quite as good as ah. me, though, Ashley. So, um, anyway, not to toot my own bat horn, but thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind meld or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Alice has located our target film. Alert. Alert. Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. Brace yourselves for big news. The biggest. Holy Hollywood, it's here. Batman the movie. Starring Adam West as the Cape Crusader and Burt Ward as Robin the Boy Wonder. With the original Bat villains. Bat perils, Bat boats. Bat bombs. Bat gadgets. Bat bits and bat surprises. And that's just a sample of the exciting exploits ahead in our first feature motion picture. Batman. Yes, the first feature motion picture, indeed. <clears throat> but uh, did anything feature in our memories for Batman the movie? Let's find out in our memory mind melt synopsis for this film. Holy Rhodes Gal, holy Rhodes Gallery. That's what people okay. put. That's what All our right. memories came up with. <laughs> <laughs> <The> bat- <laughs> Man, that the interstate merging with that highway and that that through street—it's amazing. All of Batman's villains have teamed up to take over the world What with a whiskey maker. Uh, starting by dehydrating the United Nations into a colorful dust. It's a good thing Adam Wee is Batman. AKA, Adam Wee. Adam Wee is Batman, uh, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne. And then there's Robin, a.k.a. Who Cares? Together hey. they fight against the villains of Gotham City in their totally tricked-out 60s Batmobile. Along, with, along the way, they fight the Latin Joker and beat up Rocky's elderly coach. <laughs> Come on, Rock. Holy heartbreak. Miss uh, Kika's Catwoman and a guy who likes question marks in there somewhere, too. But Batman's biggest foe of all, Angry Sharks. Good thing Batman uses a radio transmitter to blow up the shark. Discovery, discovering the League of Evils destroy plants to dehydrate their henchmen and rehydrate them in the League of Nations building. Batman uses his magic rehydrating gun to bring the world leader dust back to life as actual... As actual leaving people speaking the wrong languages and saves the day. 
that I mean, yeah, all that was sort of like right, but not really. Some of that order was wrong. And Rocky's coach wasn't in this. I don't know what you're talking about. So obviously we were. Decepted. But based on those memories as flawed, so, so flawed as they were, what what rating did they lead you to predict for this film before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with Nate this time. What was your prediction for Batman the movie? Uh, I predicted tragic. Tragic. Whoa. Uh, Dallas. I predicted classically nostalgic. What? <laughs> so which so nostalgic then? Yeah. Okay. Dallas uh, throwing a curveball. <laughs> right. Drew, how about you? I predicted classic. Classic. Uh Paul. A little background for me. Um, I have watched this, not exaggerating, about a dozen times. Oh my god. And gosh. all of that probably in the first 20 years of my life. And it's probably been about over over 20 years since i've seen this so oh really okay i'm i'm guessing before watching it i guessed it would be classic classic and Same. uh yes i got that from you drew i got the, oh, oh you no, mean, no, I mean everything first... else he said is safe oh, for me okay gotcha exactly gotcha. this was my batman before animated series so ah yeah. uh, gotcha and everything uh nate said is same for me and in, in that it's a Tragic, tragic prediction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's see if wiser minds prevail. But uh, before we, uh, that is to say, the predictions come true. But first, let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about Batman the movie, if there was anything. Let's spin up our... What? Best three. Best three things are top top two things, as the the case with this many people. So let's start with... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my own curveball. And have Paul star us off. What's something you Whoa. really liked about this film? Okay. I love the plot idea of kidnapping Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. as bait to trap Batman. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I got Yeah. It, it, I feel like I've seen that in a Superman movie. Did they do something it, like that? It may have been done several times before, but it, just that concept I think is really good. Okay. Cool. Uh, did, okay. So even though, did you see? Was this the first time you've seen that concept? Is the of uh, look? I'm getting so old. Obviously, it's not <laughs> the first time I've seen this. So I don't know if I've seen it or not. But I just I like that idea. Okay, Nate, you're old too. What's something you like? <laughs> Dang. Oh, wow. Look at the time. I have to jump off. Only ages of Batman. (laughs) Have fun filling the spot, Francis. (laughs) Um, Turning out to be more and more like studying the brave all the time. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) No, I appreciate it. I appreciate the nod. Um, (laughs) I liked the. this thing was obviously done in a, on a shoestring budget, <laughs> but yeah, but they, they but it was it. a labor of love. You could tell, mm-hmm. right. um, and uh, but I just I liked the vehicle makeovers. Yeah, because, oh, okay. because all they did was they took a '60s 
car or at least a version of it uh-huh, you know they, uh-huh. they 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 kind of you know manipulated some things on it they put a, a, a some fancy paint on there they put some doodads here and there and they did exactly. that for every single vehicle they dealt with like the bat the bat copter was literally just a helicopter, helicopter. of the 60s yes. that they put paper mache wings on <laughs> and, and they're like look at that it's the bat copter like nowadays when you have a bat when you have a batman movie it's like everything is de- almost is like designed from the ground up. Yes, like it has yeah. to look like you have the, what was it? The Tumblr and Nolan's oh, thing. And, and, Batman and Begins, you yeah. know, it, you have to have kind of this creative way of having like a Batmobile or something like that. Yes. Now it's like, nope, just go down to the local Ford dealership or I don't even know what model <laughs> of car that is. I want to say it was a Chrysler. And it's a Lincoln Chrysler. Futura. Thank you. Oh, it's Lincoln a Lincoln Future. Okay, okay, so go down to the Lincoln dealership. It was a concept car. It wasn't we're gonna, available we're gonna, dealership. Right. <laughs> We're gonna slap some. We're gonna slap some paint on it. We're gonna put a blowtorch in the back and call it the Batmobile, and, then, <laughs> and that was perfectly fine. And everybody liked that. So I, I liked. Uh, I liked the vehicle makeovers of just regular mm. run of the mill stuff that they had yeah. in the '60s. So awesome. It's good. Very cool. All right, let's go to Drew next. What's something uh, that you liked about Batman 1966? I absolutely love Nelson Riddle's compositions for this film because I am a big fan of let's just have the most ridiculous over the top kind of music in your film with all the different things. Uh, But my favorite will, will has been and always will be the uh, scene of Batman running down the, uh, the pier with the bomb and like and the composition just cuts out long enough for you to hear the tuba playing uh, bringing in the yes. sheaves yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it goes back. and i'm annoyed that on the soundtrack you don't actually get to hear the the, the, in- the instruments it just cuts to silence for a couple seconds oh, and it goes really? back in it's like no oh, why don't you play that as part of it right but uh, yeah that is that this whole soundtrack is one of my favorites and is and uh, i just enjoy it i love okay. campy music like this yeah. Uh, all right. I'll admit it's camping, cool. but I still love it. Yeah. All yeah. right. That's totally it fair. Place. Yeah. Dallas, was the music something that you also liked? It was. Or? I was about to say it. Yeah. Oh, really? uh, okay. I, I like surf rock. I, I enjoy oh, it. I think yeah. it's fun. I didn't grow up. Is that up, what this I mean, is? Yeah, yeah. It's surf rock. Like, oh, okay. See, I thought I there was jazz. To, to the oldie station. Well, there's, mm-hmm. there was some jazz in it too. And so, like, this was the music I listened to all the time because that's what my mom showed me. And so, mm-hmm. for me, this is like, I love this music. And so I have like a lot of nostalgia me- uh, memories to this music, but since since Drew took it, uh, <laughs> it's all good. My apologies, uh, Dallas. It's no, no. You, I Drew. Love, I love the the uh, just the absurd jokes they made. Yeah, um, mm. and where like there's just this like this absurd just let's stop and like make a public message of support the police type of things, and because like it really was a. It was a pseudo commentary of the comic code at the time and how ridiculous uh, things okay. were yeah. with like uh-huh. you know we have to put a positive message on it. It was like it, it, it was ridiculous in comic books at the time, and this whole thing was almost a, a the whole Batman series was a kind of a spoof and a uh, kind of a jab at how ridiculous things were, and they were funny to me. And so mm-hmm. that's that's one of my things. Nice. So something that I always have appreciated uh, that is comical. Like you were saying, uh, Dallas, uh, but it, it's not only in the movie, but it's also in the series. But I just have always thought it was a neat idea, and I I always felt it's well executed. Is the the onomatopoeia is on screen, and you don't get a lot mm-hmm. of that in this. It's yeah. only sort of that last bit, that last fight on the penguin uh, submarine, yeah. Yeah. which I also liked. But um, I just like seeing the wab, 
the the wab <laughs> the wab the wab boom the, all, all the different all the different ones even my kids I watched this with my kids and they they enjoyed that as well <clears throat> so that's something that I liked were those on screen things even though they were pretty simple and not not di- there wasn't a lot of them I still really, really enjoyed that aspect now let's get into the things we enjoyed the most about Batman the 1966 version and I'm going going to go back to Dallas what's your favorite thing about this film. My favorite thing about the film is what they put on the front end where they're kind of going over the brick walls. And there was this message to the viewer and it was basically saying this is dedicated to people who just love the ridiculous and they love the campiness <clears throat> of things. This was a love letter to people who just loved that kind of thing. It wasn't meant oh, to be was that serious. The stuff- on the on the walls, yeah. like as yes. the, the I know okay, it's a movie, yeah, yeah. but you had to read the, it. The acknowledgement, so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like subtitles, it, but bigger. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, like legitimately, like it was, it was a they. This film was dedicated as a kind of a love letter to people who just love the genre, love the campiness of it, mm-hmm. and when it set the tone for. I think it sets the tone for everyone who watches it today. Back then, people knew what they're getting into. This is at the end of the season one of Batman. They knew what they were walking into. Today, though, that opening sequence sets the tone for the entire movie that mm-hmm. modern audiences can go, okay, we can relax a little bit. Yeah. And so that was one of the yeah, things I... It, I, I it sets the, oh, sorry. No, go for it. I was going to say, yeah, it sets the tone just like uh, naming llamas and stuff. Uh, let's go to uh, Nate next. What's something you really like? What was your favorite thing about uh, this Batman iteration? My favorite thing was the one thing I remembered from when I was a kid and I watched oh, really? it with my dad in the 80s at uh-huh. the time. Um, and the only thing I remembered was Batman just beating the crap out of a shark. And, <laughs> and, and that, whole, that was that was like I remember back then just thinking, oh, that's so fake, but that's so cool how they like Aww. just had him just wailing on a shark. And and just it's because it happens at the beginning of the movie and it really just gives you if if you didn't already know what you were in store for like that, that right there was what (laughs) you're going to get like for the remainder of the movie as far as like ridiculousness, but still kind of fun. And I, I love the fact and I paused it when I was just watching it earlier today when Robin has to choose the repellents that he's using. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they yeah. have multiple canisters lined up. And like, I was, I was reading the names and I was like, Barracuda. Okay. I can understand that. I mean, who knows when you encounter a Barracuda that often, but okay. Manta Ray. <laughs> yep. Just ask mm-hmm. the Irwin family, how bad yeah. those guys are. And, and whale, like, yeah. like whale, the peaceful giants of the sea. Like when yeah. you're going well, to need, when the penguin weaponizes a whale to attack Gotham City, you got to hey, get it away. Okay. From him and, okay. And, See, I was a Pinoc- threat. Ask Pinocchio. He could have definitely <laughs> yeah. used that. You heard of Monstro? <laughs> See, I, I didn't. I didn't consider the penguin weapon. That's a good point. That's yeah. he has the the capability of. Uh, of doing that so okay that i mean makes he's sense. got exploding right. sharks and exploding <laughs> octopuses i mean yeah yeah okay why can't he weaponize a giant blue whale but drew <laughs> what was an ex what was the explosion of awesome for this movie for you oh my word it has to be our rogues gallery of yes. villains let's go ding, ding, oh ding, the ding, highways ding. and byways no, the, no, the I, you'll admit i can't spell sometimes but <laughs> uh the the rogues gallery of a 
You got Burgess Meredith as the penguin chewing yes. scenery. You Love got it. Cesar Romero yeah. there with his make his makeup over his mustache Yo-ho! chewing on the scenery. You've got Frank Gorshin, the very best Riddler who's ever been on TV. Fight me. Yeah. I mean, he, if if it weren't for Frank Gorshin, we uh, playing the Riddler, we literally would not have the Riddler in the upcoming Batman movie because yeah. Riddler did only appeared three times prior to the show. Yeah, in the he, comics, he really so he was really character. not a popular mm-hmm. villain until oh, really? Batman sixty six, yeah. and oh. then you got Lee Merriweather acting like a stinking cat, yep. who came in like almost at the last minute because Julie Newmar, mm-hmm. who played Catwoman in the first and second seasons, for one whatever reason, could not mm-hmm. uh, be in the movie. She was and, booked doing another movie. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was. And they are all on screen throughout the entire thing having the time of their stinking lives. Yeah. And I love every minute they're on screen. <laughs> here, here. And, and I especially love the fact that Penguin's line about every one of them has a mother was uh, ad-libbed. <laughs> was oh, it really? Cool. It was that was ad-libbed. a great line. Every I like awesome. every place I looked at, including the commentary for this thing, yeah. said, yeah, that was ad-libbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I... And, I, I Go ahead. Go ahead, Paul. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, Paul, before you interrupted me with your yeah, one to I, I, add on. Jeez, okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> that is pretty much a mirror of my, uh, or uh, very Dang it, that's what I was going to say. That's why I let you my go. my classic maker. Okay. <laughs> and it's it's more so just the interactions between all the villains. I thought they're, not not mm-hmm. the henchmen, uh, that sort of just stood there like bumps on Like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay, rehy- dehydrate Yo. me. Yeah. Uh, but the 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 main villains, Penguin, Joker, etc. I thought they were is great seeing them interact with each other and uh, n- not always cooperate and and but sometimes cooperate and I, I just thought they did a really great job. Yeah. Also, so I love that was. Ping- also love Penguin being scared of it. Catwoman's cat Hecate because he's a bird. <laughs> yes. He's scared of cats. Oh, I, never, <laughs> I didn't get that. Okay. Why the other two sense. are scared of the of of the cat? I have no idea. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially I enjoyed... when she just stands back there and goes <laughs> yeah. uh, during the yeah. fights. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed. Say, yeah, oh, the villains in this really make it, this it, movie. This time, so <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. Each one of them is so good. This they they could have only had this only have one of these villains, and but to have all four, right. it's just magical. And I will say, it seems like in most modern superhero movies, like the first outing, they'll have like one, maybe two villains. And it, mm-hmm. it, they do well. But when they start adding like Spider-Man 3, when they add like so many villains, it just yeah. goes, it just crashes yeah. and burns. This seems to actually be a, a bit more cohesive in that way. Yeah, this this movie, I don't know how they, how they did it. This movie does it right. All the other mm-hmm. movies that you're talking about, I agree, it doesn't work that well when you add more and more villains. But this yeah. one, if mm-hmm. you're going to add villains, this is the way to do it. Well, yes. I think I think they were all I think they were all interacting with each other so closely. Right. Yeah. That's that's why it yeah. worked. If you've mm-hmm. got if you've got movies that, you know, have a villain out here and a villain out here and an encounter yeah. here, you have to try and tie those narratives all together somehow. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, sometimes yeah. the the villains aren't all working together. This is one where they all had a very clear mission and right. they were oh, all yeah. working together and the dialogue between them was funny and and mm-hmm. entertaining and so i think it, i think that's why it worked and Absolutely. it helps that these villains because of the nature of the show don't have the super deep backstory you have to go into they're yeah. villains to be villains they're right. just there to to commit crimes that's what they are right yeah and same thing with the heroes you don't need to know yeah. that their backstory either right the campiness yeah. of of this of the movie in the series is what 
allows the cohesion to work well. It's like that's true. We're just here to tell fun story. Let's mm-hmm. get into it. Yeah, and I think that's what I, you don't need. You know, six. You don't have to watch the whole first season to have a backstory of people. I Which think is a lot of movies good, considering for many years because of legal reasons you couldn't watch any of the show. True story. You could only watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, oh, like that's the problem with the modern movies is they're trying to build these, like Drew was saying, these intricate backstories to all these characters and make you feel sympathetic for why they're a bad guy. Like mm-hmm. this was a time period where I'm a bad guy because yeah, right. I, because I, I am. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's it. Simpler it, times. Just tell a story. Yes, indeed. Telling a story in fact here's a story of something else i like untold podcast the untold podcast is a speculative fiction podcast utilizing the genres of sci-fi fantasy and horror among others in order to engage the culture's imagination from a christian worldview every month nathan james norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way check out the untold podcast at untoldpodcast.com to listen and leave them a review on apple podcasts that's great, Francisco, but what does the Untold Podcast have to do with Batman 1966? Uh, I have so, a guess. I have okay. a guess. Oh, yeah. if I can okay. Is it, would guess? it be because he's the only person in the culture box who's not represented in tonight's review? Pretty much. That's the <laughs> <laughs> So, Nathan, Set we wish fight. you well. You have a, a new member of your family, uh, so uh, we praying that you have a uh, uh, good time and... Uh, I don't know if that's the right way to put that, but uh, we're praying for you and uh, wishing your family well. So there wasn't really a connection. How about some trivia, though, guys? Would you like some trivia from Batman 66? Did you all realize that this film was not theatrically released in Spain until 1979, 13 years after its premiere? What? Yes, I knew that. I did. So, my question <laughs> to you no wonder is: the, No wonder the Spaniards hate us. Go ahead. <laughs> it was my for fear question. of the reprisal of Caesar Romero's Joker attacking Spain. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like a Spanish Inquisition all over. Again. My question to you guys is: What movie would you consider so good it would be worth waiting thirteen years to see? Like, so I know you'd have to know after the fact that's this good, but if you were to recommend it to someone, like, they're overseas, and you saw it here in the States, and they found out, oh, I'm going to have to wait 13 years, you'd be like, it's worth the wait. Basically. This is an easy question. Yeah. Okay, Drew, then give us the easy answer. Princess Bride. Yeah, it's oh, basically right. any movie you really enjoy because the ones you don't aren't worth waiting for. Right? Well, why don't you just give me your answer instead of the second Okay, adding to that is the original Star Wars. Uh, A New Hope? Or back, yeah, New Hope, Back to the Future, okay. the first one, I think. You only get it. one, Paul. Which is it going to be? Oh, I only get one? There's so many yes. to choose from. No, you only get Pick one. one. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how, how you to bring up a, a um, controversial movie? <laughs> Maybe Bonnie Python and the Holy Grail. There um, you go. There you or, go. Or like legitimately, uh, the artist was a great film. Oh, I really, I really yeah, that, that came out like fifty years later. Hmm? You haven't seen the artist? No, I haven't seen it. That's oh, a black and white it. movie, right? Yeah, uh, and silent. And silent. Oh, okay, I've seen. I, I, knew, um, I knew of it, but I have not watched it. It is. So I've good. seen. I've seen a black and white silent movie, Speedy. <laughs> yeah. Episode number whatever. Exactly. Uh, Nate, 
How about you? What's oh, uh, man. what movie would you say is worth waiting 13 years to see? It'd have to be timeless. Um, yeah, exactly. I would purposefully tell them to, <laughs> to wait. We said 13 years. Is that what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. I would choose like the middle movie in an exciting trilogy just to drive them crazy. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. Gotcha. <laughs> wow. Right in the middle. No, I don't know. I mean, I was I was gonna say like Jurassic Park, but but with the technology, because I just I that movie blew my mind when I was saw it for the first oh, yeah. time. But um, but the technology, I have to think about like computer graphics and stuff right. too. So it's like if they waited 13 years, they'd be like, oh, this looks really dated. <laughs> like when they finally got <laughs> yeah. around to see it, when it was and incredible. The first half when I first is really saw it, boring. So, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd have to, I have to think about it. maybe dark Knight. dark Knight's oh, okay. an excellent movie. I can't. Nice. Ever. Okay. Very good. Yeah. What about you, Francisco? <laughs> Monty Python, the Holy Grail. All right. No. Yes. All right. Continue Not on the podcast. At all. Okay. Neat. Oh my <laughs> gosh, guys. I'm sorry. No, you want uh, <sighs> Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I would say. Uh, okay. just, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. I'll put that right so, hardly underneath. Way, way above. Uh, anyway, oh that'd be my answer. Great trivia, Francisco. Thanks, and now Paul. that. That you're welcome. And now that we've all had our trivial fun, let's find out what memories you, our rad rewinders, had about Batman the movie. Awesome. And again, just to remind you, we've moved our memories, like when we want to hear your guys' memories, to Discord. So we'll make a post the day before we do the podcast when, and you can share your memories there. Or I should say it's a thread. Anyway, uh, so uh, Drake Tungsten says, I haven't seen it. Great. That's great, Drake. Uh, but <laughs> I've seen the clip of Batman rain with the bomb, and I know there are four villains in it. Joker, Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman, I think. Dale says, the first time I saw it, it aired on Thanksgiving afternoon on an old oh. Dallas station in 1980. Dallas, you have a station. Cool. Yeah, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's above the planet Geekery. Yeah. Oh, Bottom gosh. shelf, calm talk. Yes. Dale goes on to say he was seven years old at the time. It says, uh, my eyes were glued to my grandmother's television set as I watched the dynamic duo go against the four villains from the Batman Rose Gallery. At the time, I thought it was cool watching the two blast off in the Batmobile. It's not that great of a movie, but yet I found some fun in it. Aw, that's awesome. Well, so Dale's comment about it's not that fun of a movie uh, leads us right into the things we didn't like about Batman 1966. So let's get into our worst three worst three things and i'm gonna kick it off by saying this you guys were saying how this this works well and in terms of having four villains and i'd still agree with that but it still really just felt like three episodes of the show mashed together it wasn't didn't really feel like one overarching story like i thought the dehydration thing sort of happened in the very beginning and yeah they abducted the guy in the beginning but it didn't Mm -hmm. get to like dehydrating the un until way at the end and so Mm -hmm. i feel like it was just like three stories of them uh uh uh, essentially stealing this boat that figuring that out then abducting batman that was the next story and then the dehydration rehydration of the un was the last story francisco kind of like having three acts in a movie yeah no kind of like having three skits that didn't have anything to do with each other that's what oh they have plenty to do with each other you don't like the fact that it stayed within the motif of the show yeah i wanted to move this says the movie 
Not, yes, but it is the movie. It's not the extended TV if, show. It, 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 if, if the episodes of the TV show can be likened to issues of the comic, then mm. the movie is like the annual. There you go. Or the graphic novel. That's what this is. So it's isn't, a little bit longer story, but it's fair. the same kind of story. Isn't the graphic novel just all the issues put together? No, in no, one? Like like a, like an annual. Like you you'll have like individual like issues. Actual, and then, yeah. An annual is like a, a, a thicker, longer story that comes oh, together. Okay, right. But it's oh, essentially see, the same types of stories, but it's much bigger and usually got a little bit more money thrown into it. Yeah, I didn't like that. Uh, so let's go to somebody else. <laughs> How dare you make a movie out of a TV show? Okay. Yeah. And have it not match no. the, the look okay. and feel of the you TV show. You want examples? We are going through Firefly right now as our, like, we don't have one at the end of the show. But leading up to yeah, our Christmas episode on yet. Serenity. And then Serenity is a completely different story. All the same characters on a different adventure that's a, a, a story from soups, like, goes from soups and us. The whole thing is a, its own contained story wait, wait and not wait. three stories is, put together are this you, is its own contained story it's just yeah, got a lot of okay, it part. is but it's like With three the episodes cast? put together I I, I I i why okay now tell us why you didn't like it because <laughs> it was three episodes put together i felt like instead of so what one, you wanted was one episode spread out for four for two hours i would have preferred they had taken this and divide up into three episodes and like release those on TV and actually come up with a better movie story, a story that worked in the but structure. You, then it would, not, it, then it would not be a good adaptation of the comic books, which is what it is, because those comics at the time were pretty much blown into going about this fast. Okay, so by that logic, what you're saying, Drew, and anyone else that's agreeing with Drew, <laughs> here's oh, the line in the sand. What? <laughs> by that logic, you're saying that uh, Batman 1989, Batman Begins, all those were you didn't like them because they were no, they weren't like the comics by, because by, by that time in the comics comics were written like that they were right. there was a big shift in the like, there's the a big 80s. shift yeah around the Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns where it became dark and became I, gritty right that's and the no, why there's a big not, difference it's not about but it's not about okay the, you're saying the, the first gritty, episode was the disappearance of the boat the second yeah. episode was what. Bruce was the, them abducting a Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne, and the third and episode was the UN guys getting dehydrated and them having but to fix the it. The whole story, the through line, was the the dehydration machine Jason, and the yeah. and the, so it sounds like a movie to me. Next, I, I mean, <laughs> well, let, me ask this, <laughs> let me ask: Did you like um, um, Dark Shadows? I never watched movie. it. I never watched it, either the show or the movie. Okay, so what, what's the deal is. People hated Dark Shadows because it was so not like the movie or like the like the TV series. There are people who hated the uh, first Mission Impossible because it was so not like the TV series. Right. My mom you, among them. Yeah. The I didn't like the first Mission she, Impossible she, just because it was not very interesting. I well, never watched the, the TV series. The hero you know of the TV show was the villain. <laughs> You know what? And we can I agree to disagree, the, which we I liked will. So let's drag nets with Bill Murray and uh, Tom Hanks. Is that Bill Murray? No, no, it's Dan uh, Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd is Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks. And I don't know. I've never seen it. I like that. I didn't like the, even though I didn't like the original show, but it was a, uh, a fuller story. All right. You don't well, ever. I'm not going. <laughs> that's that's your opinion. And, I, and I, Francisco, right. there, the, there, there's a saying: you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And you're right. the horse that won't drink. Right. 
Everyone's a long face. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's allowed to have an opinion. It's okay for you to be wrong. Especially if they're wrong. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, so you guys are claiming your opinions are wrong. Okay. I can get on board. No, we're claiming your opinion is wrong. Let's go on to someone else. Let's go on to someone else. Finally. I mean, we've known your opinion's been wrong since what? Episode 13, Monty Python Ah! and the Holy Grail? Ah! Whatever number that is. Bah. Okay. Uh, Let's go to Nate next. What is oh something goody? I get to add something like. in after mom and dad have been fighting the whole evening. That's well, admittedly, great. you haven't been talking during the whole bit, so yeah, for good reason. <laughs> number one, the corner, I, shaking. Number one, I don't have nearly the knowledge of uh, all things uh, comic and pop culture that people on this podcast do. So I'm so just decide with nice me. Decide with me, Nate. I just never say. said that, Francisco. Don't be stupid. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, okay, one, one thing I did not, one thing I didn't like, and I I realize that it's just a super campy movie and whatever. But but at first, it, it was the it was uh, how do I phrase this? The levels of disguise mm. and how people were willing to realize somebody was somebody and but not realize somebody was like for example like the cat cat woman uh mm-hmm. you know she Ms. she wears bruce wayne was so dumb when it came to his girlfriend like the fact that he didn't he didn't put that together like back and forth like they literally took him from Catwoman to what I forget what her what her fake name was but um, Kitka Tanya I, I Irena to Tanya Kitka aka Miss Kitka Kit Kitkat yeah yeah Miss Kitkat I like it and so and so they they bring him from a room with Catwoman to a room with Kitka and he's just like I'm so sorry you have to deal with it like it's like you're such a moron and then and then they they and then and then they have this this whole like action thing and then Burgess Meredith comes out wearing like a sailor suit like he's like a <laughs> shanty sort of thing and like the disguises i mean it's not it's not it's not bad i think he's like wearing like a fake beard and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and they're mm-hmm. like oh that's the penguin it's like what no you can't like you can't be a detective about that but then not be a detective when when oh, when, yeah, when Catwoman puts a strip of cloth around her eyes right. he's like he oh had, Catwoman he had a uh, long nose that he didn't disguise <laughs> and besides that Catwoman at least was acting like a different person whereas Penguin was still just being Penguin but calling oh, the himself accent, Commodore really, really yeah, Drew the, the accent. accent would yeah. throw Batman off is that what act, you're saying? The same well, accent he had the whole time. Heck, half the time he was going quack, quack, quack throughout the whole thing he was talking about. I'm, right. I'm I on just, board with you, Nate. Said, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think I, that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like, it's like she had this. She had the same, the same hair, the exact same physique. It's like, oh, yeah, you look really yeah. similar. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. It's, Again, the movie then uh, you, you, the movie's you, supposed to be campy. I get it. Like it's 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 fine. It just it cracked me up. It's like really you you pointed out Burgess in half a second and yeah, exactly. half the movie you haven't been able to distinguish because Let, of a piece of fabric. Hey yeah. Nate, do you have a problem with Lois Lane too? Lois Lane. Yeah, no, that's a that's a whole that's other a great thing, question. Paul. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great a, question. You you mean Lois Lane being able to see whether Superman and yeah. Clark Kent no, are the same person? Lois Lois Lane doesn't claim to be the world's greatest detective. That's okay. not like, 
true. I mean, all you know, I'm saying is that Lo- I'm Lois saying Lane Chris- is a tenacious reporter, and you know, whatever. She's apparently kind of a dingbat for not realizing <laughs> it. But but if you're gonna get mad at Lois Lane about that, you need to get mad at everybody else in the Superman universe. Well, that's what I'm everybody, yeah. everybody <laughs> doesn't you know, know. You know, back when Christopher Reeve was playing Superman, he lost a Superman lookalike contest. What? I believe it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> or something to that wow. effect. I may have my. I may be mixing stories from a meme, but this is all basically the same thing. That's funny. <clears throat> all right. So Nate, I agree with you. hundred percent doesn't. There isn't a consistent intro logic to that. Uh, Dallas, what was something that was inconsistent or just didn't really rubbed you the wrong way for this movie? So for me, it, it kind of pulls off of what Nate was saying. And it's just that, mm-hmm. and I get that this was a kind of a trope of Bruce Wayne in the series and how it is, but it's like, they really ripped away the conversation of him being a detective, being able to figure out things at certain times. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 his being able to figure out things was purely plot device. Yeah. And his not being able to was plot device. And it was just really awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're sitting there going, why? And some of it, I, it kind of felt like Dora the Explorers. Like, do you see Catwoman? There! <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> you know? It's like, it's like I, I like it. it Swiper, me. no Riddler, no Riddling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and so it's just like it bothered me at times because like this is supposed to be the world's greatest detective, and yeah. we play that up. But there are certain right, things that just to... should have functioned. And I get some of it's, just, it's the camp, it's for the the ploy of everything. Um, but it, it did frustrate me at times. Like we could make him a little bit better. Work something out with the whole Kit Kat thing, even like a Kit Kat. <laughs> even if it was a matter of, <laughs> even if it was just a matter of like, like they really played up the, the the skies of everything, or maybe he never saw Catwoman outside of maybe a shadow type of thing. But that that bothered me was how they downplayed the detective side of who Bruce was. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Drew, what what we what you wish was downplayed more in this game in this game in well, this movie. Near the beginning of the movie, they're doing that scene in the Commissioner Gordon's office there in front of the closed circuit TV set to find out the known super criminals not currently in prison. Yes. Oh, my God. Joker, Riddler and Penguins is all in front of this nondescript curtain. Uh huh. Catwoman's, on the other hand, is in stately Wayne Manor in front of the the where the bookcase opens up oh, so that Batman and Robin can is? go down into the Batcave. I and that annoys me that. so stinking much. That's funny. I didn't That's that. weird. It is the same room, I swear. I, I, her hand can't be five feet from that uh, uh, bust of William Shakespeare Yeah, that they used to it. open that up. Wow. It's like, how did you do that? Now, I know part of what it is, is those shots are from scenes that were filmed for the, the one of the trailers where they're all, or all the villains are taunting Batman, uh, how oh, they're going to okay. defeat him in the movie, and I know that's what those are from, but I still mm-hmm. don't know why you film her in Wayne Manor. Wayne Manor, <laughs> yeah. put her somewhere. You could have put her in her uh, borrowed penthouse apartment, and it would have made more sense. Maybe it's a thematic device to show you that she could be so close to Bruce Wayne, and he still won't know that she's Catwoman. I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. I, I one of the things I do know is that Julie uh, filming had begun before uh, uh, Lee Merriweather was cast as Catwoman. So I have a feeling that was a pickup shot from much later in shooting. Yeah, that makes sense. That would make sense. And Paul, I'm curious what would make sense in terms of things you didn't like. 
I know this is it, it's this this movie is supposed to be a parody and it's supposed to be campy and it's supposed to be you know a little over the top and not make sense. But I, I it it kind of bothers me that at the end, the uh, spoiler, the ending, they they bring the the people, the world leaders back, but they're all speaking different languages. And who else? Who knows what else has been swapped? It's it's this movie. Batman doesn't finish this off with the nice bow at the end, like re- resolving everything. And I know mm-hmm. that's part of supposed to be kind of humorous, but it, it also kind of bothers me. It's a weird you know ending, what? no matter how yeah, you cut it. Yeah, it's very weird. You know what? It really bothered me so much that it's my tragic maker. This whole, like, wow. you could dehydrate someone down into dust. It dehydrates uh-huh. their clothes, which are probably not dehydratable that much, down to all dust, and then you can just zap them with some wire, and then they become fully functional people. What the yeah. joke? This is not at all plausible. Right. I have another, I have another the thing. tubes that they were sitting on. Yes, thank you, Dallas. I was about to ask that same question. <laughs> like, wait, 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 what happened to the tube? All you don't want to know. All the I politicians have <laughs> that stuff up their behinds right, right. now. Which really, Man, considering those politicians, no. is yeah, not surprising they were irritable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that I just did not like that. I get that, yeah, the dust got all mixed up. But you wouldn't be able to, even sweeping up dust off the ground, there'd be bits that you, you miss. So what, people oh, yeah. leave chunks of skin off? I mean, it's just, yeah. uh, it's just, there's you know how not many, a lot of consistency. You know how much of the five guinea pigs is still in the carpet there at the uh, yeah at exactly the, at the lair exactly exactly. But so that- to be fair, the the writer of this movie uh, said that yeah, it's it's not, he hates the plot device that he came up with of the hydrating and dehydrating as he should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe he wants to go back and remake this movie to be better. I think he should about it. It could I have revolutionized the beef jerky industry, but no, <laughs> they had to use it on world leaders. Uh, it wasn't beef jerky; it was whiskey. It was, it was supposed to be for whiskey, but yeah. I don't know how hydrating and dehydrating works with whiskey. But whatever. Got me. I have no idea. It seems like all the alcohol would burn off, then you wouldn't have whiskey. You'd have yeah. this weird water concoction. Anyway, that was my tragic maker. The thing I hid most about this film. Let's go back to Dallas, though. What was the thing you hated most? about this film um i didn't care about commodore like i forgot he was a character all the way through the yeah. film you yeah. Schmidlap. and then yes. it's like also it pops up again later i'm like oh yeah this is a character mm-hmm. and they put such an emphasis on the front end mm-hmm. and i was like i could have could you do something more with him or just like you know hey we stole the device and we ran off with it but it just it didn't make sense his why character. they kept him around if they had the device exactly yeah it was just yeah it's not like they done. were forcing him to use it like he's the only one who knew how to use it or anything exactly yeah, make much sense at all yeah i don't know why they didn't just steal the dehydrator and then let him release him like what is he gonna do go and make another one or they're villains they should have killed him or dehydrated this is the sixth and they brought him back and then rehydrated when they wanted him (laughs) the fact that the five guinea pigs died is like a shock to me everything considered for this show because i think this is the only time you see anybody in batman 66 actually die except the the, uh the very first pilot episode somebody falls in a vat of like a nuclear or something but yeah really between this movie that's the only time 
Yeah, it's so, the only times that people have died. Yeah, in this really? wow. it would have made more. I personally think it would have made more sense and get him out of the way to say, "Hey, uh, this we don't even need Commodore Schmidlap in the movie." You could have had him fly over on a plane, and this was just happened to be shipped over on a thing that uh, someone stole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the only the only reason to have him have any screen time, I think, is so that penguin. We, penguin can impersonate him and so you yeah. know kind of what he looks like but it's i don't know i feel like he might as well have just been like a a pastor by of some sort i don't know it just didn't make much sense yeah Sorry, I, I agree commodore. i agree with that yeah commodore 64 Sh- yeah schmidlap uh, uh let's go to uh nate uh what is your tragic maker for <laughs> batman 66 my tragic maker. I was originally going to point out how how little they invested in the costumes of the main heroes oh. um, compared to the villains, but I know that they were trying to recreate the comic book look, so yeah. like with colors and things like that. So that kind of yeah. that complaint kind of went out the window. But see how I got an extra one in there? Yeah, nice. bonus. Um, nice. But no, my my tragic maker was the ending. It was kind of coming uh, uh-huh. uh, the uh, it's going along with, you know, bringing the the leaders back, rehydrating them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, but yes. no, that's that's not what bugged me the most. Like they oh. <laughs> they <laughs> it's the end and everybody's arguing. Yes. And rather than just opening the door and walking <laughs> down some stairs, maybe getting on the elevator, they're like, nope, we're going to attach our grapple hooks to this window yeah. and, and perilously lower ourselves <laughs> down 40 stories. Yeah. I mean, if I was anybody in that room, I'd be like, you know, we've got like elevator, right? Like, in, no, they in, wanted in, to get out of there quick. You don't, like, you don't have to. You they didn't want to be associated. To <laughs> they didn't want to get stopped in the hallway. Yeah. Um, there's a problem just, here. No, like <laughs> it, it just, the logic, like like lowering yourself down from a flight of 40 stories that's something you do if the room is on fire and yes, half the exactly. roof is collapsed and block the doorway there oh, was nothing the stopping them from just leaving and and they just like well i guess this is the only way we can take it <laughs> the, only, the only defense i have for that is like half of the uh walking up the walls uh celebrity cameos they did in the show half of them batman and robin are walking down the wall instead of up the wall Okay, so that's the only defense I have. Maybe it's a reference to that, even though they already did the walking up the wall cameo in the halfway through the movie. They 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 kind of did that like segment, and I honestly was that was that Mickey Rooney that popped out? No, I looked up up who that was, and it's I still don't know who it is because I know they had they made that little that little uh, impact on who on on me. Okay, I think think the other thing I saw him in that I recognized was he was on. Mayberry RFD, which was the spinoff of Andy Griffith's show. Yeah. Uh, like, no gotcha. idea who this guy is. Funnily enough, because funnily is a word, uh, yes. uh, <laughs> Mickey Rooney was actually first in line. They wanted him to play the penguin. Um, oh, no kidding. Oh, really? That, yeah. I, could but, see I, was really, I was really hoping you were going to say Batman. Jiminy <laughs> 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 Jillikers. That would have been not good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Poor so, Mickey Rooney. Anyway, I just Batman. I just don't like the way I just don't like I guess I just don't like the way that they did they that. Cut tails like, and yeah. ran. Yeah. yeah. Now you guys are just now you guys are just showing off. <laughs> I totally get that. Totally get that. It's, uh, and what is the living end mean? The living end. That's how it living ends. End. It's the end, and then the word "living" pops up in the middle of it. 
Because Isn't that I something know. that he said occasionally? I, I mean, again, I'm not super familiar with it, but I, I thought... Not that I know of. This is just a weird thing. I thought okay. it was in reference to, like, the world leaders are still alive. But oh, probably. Yeah. This was weird. I don't know. I think yeah. there may Dude, be look, just some... Look, Go ahead, this Nate. was the 60s. Everybody <laughs> on the production crew was dropping acid like a yeah. like a, there was no tomorrow. So, I mean, probably. it's amazing probably. the movie turned out how it did. That's... that's yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been amazing though if Austin Powers popped out of that window and said, Oh, do I make no. you batty, baby? <laughs> no. That wouldn't no? make about as much sense as Colonel Clink or Lurch. Well, yeah, exactly. Show. Exactly. It, well, yes, it wouldn't make as much sense as the ending, but okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, let's continue on. Thank you, Nate. With uh Drew, what is your tragic maker for Batman 66? My tragic maker for this is that I think it's a victim of the time it came out because Mm. this is so it's so much of an adaptation of the 60s era comics Uh that uh, I I think for most people nowadays, because they're used to, you know, the more modern, dark, edgy Batman uh, stuff. And yes, I'm including uh, the batman forever and batman and robin and that uh they're so used to that sort of thing that they don't even give this movie a chance to just do what mm-hmm. it's doing and so i and i really think that's just bait down to just the way it is and it it just unfortunately for a lot of people i don't think this movie ages well yeah uh okay then that leaves paul what is your tragic maker for batman the movie 1966 I'm going to have to go uh, agree with uh, Drew. Me? That, yes, I like it. No, that it's a pro. This movie is a product of his time. And what oh, yeah. I thought was the worst part of it was its pacing. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's paced like three episodes mashed together? Especially like in the middle of the part where I I, I was falling asleep because it was so slow and boring. Uh, just yeah. compared to today's. <laughs> Uh, movie going audience and then at the end there's a climax the fighting on the the submarine then after mm. that comes the rehydration scene yes and that is yeah. so slow and then they take a moment and pause right before they're going in like to to hydrate them and i'm like don't pause let's just go let's end this and then they um, start rehydrating and that sound makes you want to go to the bathroom yeah it, it's it true. takes so long to rehydrate them yeah well yeah a million pieces takes a long time to put together. Willy I gotta wonder, so. what was the philosophy of filmmaking back then? Because all films that way had mm-hmm. this really awkward, slow pacing, these long, yes. mm-hmm. drawn-out, silent moments. Like, it was just a philosophy of film at the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Yeah. No, so, I totally. That was, I mean, if you look at a lot of the Disney films that were made, like around yeah. that time, like mm-hmm. in the early 60s and stuff like that, like I love Swiss Family Robinson. Like that mm-hmm. is that I grew up with that movie. And right. I know, I know, Francisco, you're shaking your head. <laughs> I know, I get it. I get it. It's because Francis was such a bad boy. Um, no, geez, but, Fr- uh, Francisco doesn't have a heart. <laughs> well, no, he does. It just hasn't grown three no, sides but, yet. But like, <laughs> like, I, I made a joke. I made a joke today to my wife, just basically, or it wasn't a joke, but I just basically said Swiss Family Robinson, they could have made it a nice tight two hours and it would have been just fine. 
And then I realized I, by looking just I just looked it up right now. Swiss Family Robinson is two hours. Yeah. It just feels Four. like yes. three, basically. Yeah. And it's just yep. because of that very gradual pacing that a lot of those movies and that's mm-hmm. why I mean I I I want to share like these movies that I loved as a kid with with my kids, but I know mm-hmm. the moment they start watching it, a half an hour in, they're going to be kind of like, oh, okay, you know, like looking around, like yeah. it just mm-hmm. it just yep. doesn't right. hold the attention the way they used to. I I still love it because I grew up with it, but yeah, it's right. but it's, it was a very yeah. purposeful, drawn out kind of pace that yeah. some of these uh, stories could take. I was I was shocked when I saw that the Batman was. An hour and forty-five. I was like, this did not need to be an hour and forty-five. That is fifty. That is fifteen minutes longer than most B movies made today. Like that yeah. is, you yeah. know, they could have made a very tight, like hour and a half, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But whatever. So, do you think maybe though some of the the idea, this weird pacing, is still some of the carryovers from the old silent films, where it is a lot mm-hmm. of where we we're having text on the screen, and, yeah. there's gesturing stuff like that. There's a lot of awkwardness, and people didn't know how to right action and vocab at the same time yet i so i would say no because by silent movies were over in like the 30s and 40s and this is like 26 years after that so i can't imagine that that was still in their mindset i think it has more to do with how plays from this time period were written and how they were acted because you do have these moments where there's not a lot happening on stage until like someone finally comes in the room or something where it's just you're in the moment i guess Mm mm-hmm Maybe, I don't so, know. So, uh, uh, the writer of this film, you you have disowned it. It sounds like saying it was a horrible idea. So, why don't you come on next podcast and tell us why as we review some other movie? <laughs> I don't Loren- think Lorenzo Loren- Simple Junior dis- uh, disowned the movie. I just think he didn't like the his plot contrivance. Yeah. That's fine. Well, okay, we could talk about that. And anyway, by the way, he passed away in 2014. So yeah. Thanks. All right. So, so, so we'll- the Ouija board. Oh my gosh! We we we're in a time machine. We could go back in time when he's alive. Yeah, sure. that that might work. I mean, it's yeah, like I, calling Brian Singer. I'm sure he'll be the same type of thing. Probably sounds like him too. Yes, <laughs> very much could. Sounds like a lot like the silent parts of the film. Oh my gosh, guys! Anyway, so this somehow has an old time radio sound to it instead of the Brian Singer. Now <laughs> that we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. This is going to be fun. All right. Do we rate <laughs> Batman the movie 1966 a classic? We'd recommend anyone go see this movie, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic. It's If you've never seen it before, it's not worth your time. But if you remember seeing it as a kid or a young adult, it's it's definitely worth your time to revisit it. Revisit it. Or do we rate it a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time today. If you've never seen it, keep it that way. And if you have seen it, uh, don't rewatch it because it will sully any good memories you have of it. Let's uh, start with Drew. What is your final reign? You re- you predicted classic. Did that final reign hold to classic? It did, but to Not. some degree, God, down no, to no, tragic. It did. Good. It I- did. <laughs> it was a classic film to for me. But if mm-hmm. I were to when, when I go to uh, suggest this to other people. It would be more of a, you know, keep it in mind it's time period when it came out. So uh-huh. I guess really, as much as I want to call it a classic for myself, if I'm going to give it to others, uh, 
suggested others, it would be a nostalgic because there is parts of this that do not age All well. Right. I'll admit, but for me personally, it's a classic. But that's nice. not what you asked. <laughs> you you can rate it how you want to rate it. That's yeah. fine. If you want to rate sometimes it, sometimes I go with my personal. Sometimes the, the, I go the, with the, the def- general. The definition was wh- how we we suggested to others, and All there's right. a lot of people I would not suggest this to. All right. All right, that's fair. Dallas, how about you? Uh, I'm going to put it on the middle shelf. I mean, uh, nostalgic. <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> I, I like uh, nostalgic. It's it's a great... Nostalgic. I enjoy the film, but I understand that it is not... It, because of the pacing, I, mm-hmm. I would rate every film from the 60s, even those that people love as nostalgic, mm-hmm. because the pacing of it, people today will not appreciate. And unless you have mm-hmm. a personal investment in the franchise... Or mm-hmm. in the um, the purpose of the medium. Again, this was a love letter to people of the style and people who love the comics. So therefore, mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, man, I love this. I enjoy it. I'll bust it out every so often. I might do some like Mystery Science Theater 3000 stuff with friends and just joke about it. Like this yep. is a great um, group movie mm-hmm. where everyone's just on the same page. Like this is not a great movie. Let's make fun of it and laugh. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. So I'm gonna put it in the nostalgic. In the middle okay. shelf, uh, <laughs> Nate. Uh, what? So you uh, predicted tragic. Did it stay at tragic or move up for you? It would be very easy for me to personally rate this as a tragic, but after mm-hmm. seeing the movie, seeing just kind of you know hearing the love people had from it, you know, growing mm-hmm. up and stuff, I'm gonna upgrade it to nostalgic for. For Let's for talk. everybody that that if you've <laughs> never seen if you've never seen the movie, give it a try because it's a piece of film. It's a piece of film. It's like a time capsule for yeah. the sixties. Yeah, I could see and, that. Yeah. And I think it. I think it's a good and it's it's a great education for anybody that's like you know what was the what was the entertainment the entertainment the, the comic book life like in the sixties and that's that's it. I, I have to. There's too many people that love it and grew up with it for me to rate it rate it a tragic. I'll, I'll upgrade it to nostalgic. All right. Oh, that's very nice. All right. <laughs> and Paul, uh, why don't you uh, do us a nice favor and give us your final rating? You predicted classic. Did it yes. Stay classic? Yes, it's a classic. This viewing, it was so hard for me to get through. It's like a sludge fest. I don't know why, but I, it, like I said, the pacing and everything. I, I, I just this has been the worst viewing I've seen of it. Like I really didn't enjoy it all that much. I mean, I did. There were parts that I really Give enjoyed. Do your hate, but <laughs> so for me personally, based off this watch, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. But I know that there are people that enjoy it. So for that reason, I'm going to rate it nostalgic. One of us. One of one us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> All right, so you guys all rated nostalgic, so my vote doesn't really matter. But I'm going to hold the line and tell you this is a tragic movie. Really? This is not worth your time to watch. There's so many. There's a plethora of Batman options for you. Batman 89, Batman the Animated Series, Batman Begins. So much Batman that you do not need to waste your time with this. You are going to be wasting your time if you watch I, this I will. I will almost agree with you, except that but, but between all the other Batman movies out there, this these villains together is mm-hmm. hard to beat. Yeah, yeah, this is. The rogues gallery and, and, in this film okay. alone make the and film I, and, worth and watching. For, and yeah. for its time period, I still say this is the best adaptation. 
Here's most this accurate, is the best Batman I'm, movie that came most, out in 1966. Come on. <laughs> accurate adaptation. Let me rephrase. Most accurate adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rating this though as a movie experience, and not not. And compared to other Batman movie experiences, this is definitely not worth your time. So tragic for me, but because of all these scallywags and they're like, I'm just going to vote with people. Stop being populist. <laughs> no, yo ho, <laughs> ho, sir. <sighs> Please don't dehydrate me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're gone, bud, sorry. That's not functioning yet on the pod, but uh, we've got some kinks to work all, out. Anyway, all of a sudden, there was only one podcast in the Culture Box Media Network, <laughs> and that was the Untold Podcast because it was <laughs> <a war>. <laughs> <laughs> According to the Retro Rewind podcast, we ra we rate Batman the movie from 1966 a disputed, not very disputed, but a disputed nostalgic film. If you remember liking it as a kid or young adult, it might be worth your time today. But if you've never seen it before, uh, go watch something else. But now it's time to get back to our own time. Good old 20XX. 20XX. Online. Feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to get back to our own time to begin with if it weren't for our, our amazing reflux capacitors, uh, namely Jared Tolisauer, uh, Brian Keating, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, Geek Devotions. Oh, you're right here. The Untold Podcast, James Kennison, <laughs> Drew of the Cellcast. Oh, you're here too. Yeah. Ashley Cronbitter, Pastor Deucen, Kennethan, Redeemed Otaku, That's Our Babo, Josh Adams, D. Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, The Dapper Man Reviews, Tony from the Retro Days, Mr. Loss, Daryl Hafner, Rosie, in addition to seven other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so, so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help us keep flying for as little as $1 a month or and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start this stream sponsored by pauljpowers.com and while we're thanking our supporters we also want to give a big bat hug to our guests for coming on and supporting us with their Indeed. thoughts of batman the movie tonight i like to go in alphabetical order so let's see who's first it looks like dallas is first how can people find you online or is there anything is there anything cool you got going on that people should know about yeah, um, mostly you can find us at Geek Devotions. Geekdevotions.com is our website where you find our hub for our podcast. Com Talk by Geek, uh, Com Talk by Geek Devotions, the Bottom Shelf podcast where we review terrible movies. Uh, our, our tagline is we watch terrible movies so you don't have to. Um, so Francisco should really subscribe today. And yeah. <laughs> so, but we basically what we do is we take geek pop culture items like movies, video games, and we use them to let people know they're loved and they're cared for and there's a plan purpose for lives. Uh, and that crosses over to every platform, even when we're joking about comic books and movies or watching really terrible movies like like Leprechaun Batman 1966 or, or Fatal Deviation, the uh, Dollar or Tree Python version of the Holy Grail Batman movie. No, so, worse movies. There are worse movies. There Francisco. are far worse movies. So, but that's yeah. where you can find us. Like, like the Loss of Pastor. Woo, that movie. Oh, my gosh. And as far, as far as something cool coming up, um, we have purchased our we have confirmed that Celeste and I will have a booth. At GeekCon this year in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, awesome. somebody, we had a uh, an amazing supporter uh, basically pay for it for us. Nice, so, oh, um, awesome. thanks, Bruce August, Wayne. If you're in the Shreveport area, come <laughs> say hi, and uh, you'll see us and several other people of our team 
both uh, from just Geek Devotions and also the Bottom Shelf team. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. And let's go to Drew. How can people find you online, or is there anything cool you got going on? Well, you ought to go follow my podcast, the Cellcast Podcast, where we review animated movies and TV shows uh, and talk about what we like about them. Also, on we, we, re- we do record that on Twitch on Tuesday nights at 7.30. And then also I stream uh, Dragon... Right now I'm streaming Dragon Quest Eleven on Monday nights at 7.30 and uh, Super Mario RPG on Saturdays when I get a chance to. So, nice. yeah, that's what I'm doing. Nice. And... Last but not least, Nate, thanks so much for coming aboard and uh, keeping our captain in line. No, just kidding. How can people find you online? And what's, what do you got going on? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, people can head to uh, stunningandbrave.net. It's a podcast that I co-host with uh, my good buddy Chris Cowan, and uh, we talk about all things uh, all things ridiculous in the world uh, and uh, most of all our, our, our privilege. Um, that's very, very critical. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, you can head over there and, uh, listen to the, uh, episodes we have on there. The latest one, I believe I talk about how I've had a, a crush on uh, Sarah Palin for the past 14 years. Oh yeah. So, uh, <laughs> okay yeah. then. So yeah, I'm not going to say that one's entirely appropriate, but Hey, what are you going to do? Holy internet <laughs> what are you got, man? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nate, Drew and Dallas for being on the show. So glad to have you. And also thank you to all you, uh, to my friend Paul, my my awesome bat friend Paul, and all you Rewinders, new and old, for another fun voyage. You're welcome. And you can find me, PaulJPowers.com, at PaulJPowers.com. Whoa, I never would have guessed. Yeah. And you can find me on Discord for show announcements or just to say hi. And join us there at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box, a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Hey, Nathan made it after all. As he was saying, we are now part of culture. I don't think I know anything about this culture box. What? Well, let me tell you, you're already a part of it. Go figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are. Everyone here is part of the Culture Box Media Network. You can find all the shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. And with that, Captain, all our final, we are on final approach to the Wayne Manor, hopefully, where the Batcave is underneath. Wait, Indeed. I said that out loud. Sorry. Oh, We're going to have to move man. the Batcave. And I do want to say, um, definitely check out all these other guys uh, and and some gals, one gal? At least. Yeah. I mean, there's Sometimes Celeste. there's a gal Celeste, on. Celeste is the only yeah. gal, I think. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> but, well, and plus na- the guest hosts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, guest hosts. Uh, on Culture Box, because uh, in this first uh, quarter of 2022, we're all going to be covering uh, something related to Batman uh, because the new Batman movie is coming out. I think uh, in Geek Devotions, you can go check out their latest uh, Geek Devotion video. They covered Batman meets Cthulhu in some. That's right, right? I'm remembering that right. Yes. And, and this, we did that, yes. And in, in this upcoming week, we're actually going to be having an episode on uh, the new Batman movie. And uh-huh. we're also going to be doing a article review of it. 
Awesome. Right. But yeah, if you're if you're like Jones and for more Batman, check out all these guys on their different shows. But thank you, Exo, and thank you all, yes, you listening for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we gotta catch you all for another sh- another yet to be determined episode. <laughs> all right. Of the Retro Rewind Podcast. That works. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nav Point Omega and return to base. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb.